Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the I Declare Show. Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I declare it. Check out IDeclareMedia.com. And always remember, no matter what, know your value. No matter what, know you matter. You're listening to the I Declare Show. Real Raw Right Now Talk Media, I declare it. Welcome to another episode of the I Declare Show here at Blog Talk Radio. The I Declare Show, the real, raw, and right now. Join in with us. We've got a great deal of things to talk about, so let's not be shy. If you got an opinion, don't just yell at the computer or at the phone or join me. Just step right in and join me. Have something to say. Have something to contribute. Um, a great deal is going on as as every week as this total, I call it a total tsunami of crisis and scandal and treason and and. Judicial inequity. I speak about judicial inequity because um, Paul Manafort just got a 47-month sentence when the Justice Department recommended 19 years to 24 years. But this is how white privilege runs. The judge... What's that judge's name? Lewis? Uh, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head, but uh, there's something to that effect, Judge Lewis. He's uh, not a special prosecutor advocate. He despises special prosecutors. Even with the level of criminality, he still doesn't believe that special prosecutors have a standing in the legal institution. But that's what happens 
when you put right-wing knuckle-draggers, ideologues, on the bench. He is 78 years old. And he is a problem for prosecutors. Judges are rampant in our judicial system. I call them soldiers of the Klan. And soldiers of the Klan take care of their own. Paul Manafort, in, what is it, eight different accounts overseas, he stole over $60 million that he should have been paying taxes on. He basically uh, stole $18 million from the American people, and that burden fell on you and I. With a wink and a nod, the judge said, that's okay. And with a wink and a nod, he gave him 47 months for a 19-to-24-year 19, 19 recommended sentence by the prosecutor, by the Justice Department. And if that's missed on a lot of you, the sentence recommendations are done by a group of legal so-called scholars and legal people who have a great deal of mm, experience with these matters. You have a defendant who first lied, then he lied and said he was going to cooperate while sharing information with the White House lawyers to obstruct justice. He leaked. He did all of the things the president was against, but it was for him. Let's face it, this is nothing more than a wannabe mob family. And I'll repeat what I've repeated. They'll take him down with the RICO Act. At this point, I'm not looking for Bob Mueller to take him down because he won't indict him because of a Justice Department policy. Not a law, a policy. And I will hope to hell that the Southern District of New York ignores that Justice Department have here. We also have the, uh, I call him the treason whisperer, William Barr, the Department of Justice, head of the Department of Justice. And if you don't know who William Barr is, all you have to do is look up the uh, role he played. And the role he played in the pardons that were issued to the traitors, Ronald Reagan and his crew, who sold arms to the Iranians. It was in vogue. They had cut a deal with the Iranians who had just taken hostages and held them until he became president and released them on Inauguration Day per the deal 
cut was Ronald Reagan. And all of the players, Bob William Barr walked into H.W. Bush and told him, if you want this to go away, pardon everybody. Treason be damned. Pardon everybody. And that's what H.W. Bush did. He pardoned the Ali Norris. He pardoned them all. All of the people who violated the law. The standing law. They simply violated with impunity. So I call him the the treason whisperer. Well, he's back at it because the head of the Southern District of New York has been reassigned. You know, the person who has uh, a few of these cases before them and has the fate of the Trump family in their hands as they investigate the Trump Foundation, the Trump Charity, everything Trump, the Trump inauguration, they're investigating all of it. So what does Trump do? He gets rid of he gets rid of the head of that department so he can appoint his stooge, his Trojan horse so he can get away with his criminality. This man is a criminal, period. No getting around it. There's no humming and humming about about who he is and what he is. He is a criminal, straight-up criminal. And that's what we have to understand, who he is and what he is. Take yourself and put yourself in place where he is. And I don't know if he realizes this or not, but it will come around to him. He has become a political pariah. People may hold his same views, but they don't want to work for him because they know. They know when he leaves office, their brand has got the stench of Trump. The Trump stench will ride out of office with all of them. And therein lies the problem. Therein lies their, <laughs> their biggest problem, their shame the dustbin of history will include them in treason. And one of the things that permeates with this message is the fact that the NRA is a part of it because the NRA funnels so much money three times as much money to the presidential and about the same three times more than they did in the previous elections. Why? Because they were getting the money from Russia. Maria Butina, is that her name? 
get infiltrated, infiltrated the old Republican Party. And basically, tempt them out. Had them running the. She was um, she was a lobbyist for the Russia gun lobby. Well, we know there's no Second Amendment in Russia because they aren't allowed to have weapons. And that should have been the first tip. But nevertheless. They sent one of their operatives to convince, sleep with, pay off, buy off Republicans. And she was very successful in doing it. But now she's pled guilty to um, exactly who she was. And although there are quite a few pictures of her with Republicans, they don't want to be seen with it. They don't want to be associated with it. Just like, um, <laughs> just like Robert Kraft from the New, the owner of the New England Patriots. Well, that brothel, that massage parlor, that sex trafficking operation. The owner, the ex-owner, has pictures with Trump. Has pictures with most of the Republicans. Because that was their clientele. So, I would say to the American people, strap up, buckle up, because this is where we're headed. This is where it's going. You don't have a Democratic Party that is Basically, in for the fight. And when I say in for the fight, this is one of the things that they should be playing over and over in a loop because um, this boy that lost his mind. And when I call him this boy that lost his mind, he's lost his mind. Hypocrisy is not a strong enough word to describe who he is. This is when Donald Trump was running for president. You know, run for president, but don't be the world's biggest jackass. What's the reaction you're getting to calling him jackass now repeatedly? Well, a lot of people are, in, you know, are offended that jackasses are offended. <laughs> so all I can say is that, you know, but I've had it. I've had it. Come yeah. on, I've had it. Lindsey Graham was telling the truth about the jackass thing, but he wasn't telling the truth when he said, I've had it. In fact, Lindsey Graham was ready to take a lot more from the jackass. It turns out the jackass phase was just something Lindsey Graham had to go through on his way to worshiping Donald Trump and humiliating himself in the process, because before Lindsey Graham became a Trump worshiper, he said things like this. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. He doesn't represent my party. He doesn't represent the values that the men and women who wear the uniform are fighting for. He's an opportunist. He's not fit to be president of the United States. And I don't think he has the temperament of judgment to be commander-in-chief. I think he's a kook. I think he's crazy. I think he's unfit for office. And here's what Lindsey Graham had to say about Donald Trump tonight. I'm all in to the extent that I can help this president. I will. 
So Lindsey Graham effortlessly goes from I've had it with Donald Trump to I'm all in with Donald Trump. Lindsey Graham goes from he's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot, not fit to be president of the United States, I think he's a kook, I think he's crazy, to I'm all in. So who's the world's biggest jackass now? Today, Lindsey Graham met with the president who he said is crazy and not fit to be president of the United States. And according to Lindsey Graham, he gave the president some advice about how to handle the now multiple investigations into the president's activities. A Bloomberg report says Graham said he told Trump to, quote, listen to his lawyers, fight back appropriately, but just keep your head down and keep doing your job. Challenge them to fix problems. President Clinton was a pretty good model. Clinton kept his focus on being president. So now... Clinton was a pretty good model when he was under investigation. It turns out, if you're patient, Lindsey Graham will refute just about everything Lindsey Graham has ever said. As a member of the House Judiciary Committee at the time, Lindsey Graham served as one of the prosecutors in the Senate impeachment trial of President Bill Clinton. This is what he said the standard should be for removing a president from office. So the point I'm trying to make is you don't even have to be convicted of a crime to lose your job in this constitutional republic if this body determines that your conduct as a public official is clearly out of bounds in your role. Thank God you did that. Because impeachment is not about punishment. Impeachment is about cleansing the office. Impeachment is about restoring honor and integrity to the office. Unfortunately for Lindsey Graham, there is no Senate process for restoring the honor and integrity of Lindsey Graham. And if Democrats had any guts, if they were worth their weight in salt, they would be playing his this Lindsey Graham clip and ad after ad. At every turn, they want to gaslight the public. They're running. Um, they're running mantra. What they're running on. They're. They're. Um, their uh, clip, not clip, their, <laughs> their battle cry is promises made, promises kept. Not that Mexico is going to pay for the wall. They don't even have a wall. And he's already said that they've started the wall and they've started no- nothing of the sort. Taxes, tax returns. Americans are pissed off because the tax returns are 8.4% lower. This tax cut bill took $325 million in tax exemptions from the middle class. That's why they're tax refunds are so low, or 8.4% lower. And that's an average. That's, you know, it fluctuates, but the average is 8.4% lower. He was going to 
improve health care. They give you the best health care ever. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. He has done nothing of the sort. Instead, he sabotages the health care that is there. Thus, destroying it bit by bit with a thousand cuts. And nobody offers up a real reason. If Democrats aren't going to fight this man, if they're not going, you don't have to fight like he does because the one thing you have that he doesn't is the truth. And if you're not going to fight him, then you need to find work somewhere else. 646-595-4309 is the number if uh, you want to push back, talk back, simply give your opinion on. I'll be glad to listen. I'll even be glad to listen to your what about isms. What about what Obama did? What about Hillary? What about, please, please. The Democratic feel for the presidency is growing. And the Republicans are positioning, posturing, to be against socialism. Oh, we're against socialism. Nobody should be, nobody should want socialism. It's not, it's destroyed Venezuela. They want to compare the United States with a Venezuelan um, authoritarian leader, democratically elected. They like to say that, although the the elections are rigged as hell, kind of like Russia, kind of like a great deal of these, kind of like what Donald Trump is trying to do to America, and he's winning. He's winning. He's divided the country along racial, economic, religious lines. He has an army of followers who are willing to do whatever it takes and ignore whatever he has done. He's guilty of bank fraud, money laundering, tax fraud. He's guilty of campaign contributions fraud, felonies, all felonies. Now can they make them stick? If you think they can make them stick, just hang around for a little while. And uh, you you just may be surprised. Here's one of the, and I, it was tough for me to believe that um, you could actually, he could actually pull this off, but He's going to pull it off because no, no one seems to be paying attention. Who's going to challenge? Who's going to 
address this other than the Southern District. This is a no-brainer. This is this says something to me that no one will say to themselves. This is really about everything, everything, and it seems to be going by the wayside, falling by the wayside, because no one wants to challenge this. This thief, this crook, it's a quarter billion, a quarter of a billion dollar fraud that he's played on his bank. Now, I want you to listen to this little piece because it matters. And if it is ignored, he cannot, he cannot explain itself away. Out of this, this is his his, um, his uh, declaration statement, his tax statement. This particular property came in at seven point five million dollars. It was worth, and as the years went on, it went up. In two thousand and thirteen. It was worth $12 million. And up it went, up it went to $15 million in 2016. 15, no, $15. And in his latest declaration forms, his property was worth 20 to $25 million. So let's rewind. Let's go back. In between the declaring the property worth seven million and the first declaration when he got the property, and in 2013, in 2011, he submitted the same property to Deutsche Bank, and. He declared the worth of the property to be $291 million. I want you to listen to this because this is, uh, this is crazy. There appears to be something wrong with that 2012 financial statement. Clearly, that is not a $291 million property, as nice as it may seem. I not because I can tell at a glance what a property is worth. I say that because that's what Donald Trump does. Trump doesn't even claim it's a $291 million property. Not when he knows people are watching. When he filed his financial disclosure form as a public official in 2018, he said it was worth 25 to 50. Well, then how was it worth $291 million in 2012? I mean, it's that quarter billion dollar magic trick he tried to play with that financial statement is, in fact, evidence of felony bank fraud. As far as I can tell, we're well within the 10-year statute of limitations for such a crime. As a country, now, we have all just been shown evidence of this potential felony bank fraud by the president, and we know Congress has it, and we believe federal prosecutors have it. But here's the question. 
with that information. Period. Who does what with that information? A quarter billion dollar tax fraud, banking fraud. He declared this property worth $291 million. And between the two, $7 million and $13 million. In between there, the property was worth $291 million as presented to the Deutsche Bank at the time he was trying to buy the Buffalo Bills football team, and he wanted a $1 billion loan from Deutsche Bank because no bank in America would lend him money because he had not paid them. So I'm asking you, what more do they need? What more do they need? Bank fraud is bank fraud regardless. I don't care who does. I don't care when they do it. Bank fraud is bank fraud, period. And the Southern District of New York has it. But the public has it. And they should be on a loop every single day. This is this is the kind of information. This is the kind of fraud that this man, he's pure profit. He's for enriching himself, which is in violation of the emoluments clause. But um, no one can stop it. He wields the power of the presidency. He answers no questions. And any time you ask him a question, he steps on your question and goes off into a filibuster of half of an answer with less than half truth. And it's it's not amazing, it's sickening. Because he's doing this to America as we know it. And when you hear him call CNN the enemy of the people, uh, Zucker is the name of the, the head of CNN. He is the same guy who was the, oversaw the apprentice, and he, his people are in place. His people are doing his bidding. And he set up this fake and phony fight with CNN. And speaking of fights, did you see the the declaration by the DNC that they will not hold any debates on Fox? And Fox is all bit out of shape and they want to play the victim, and but they want to still be state-run TV. And I just think that um, 
the DNC got something right. They got this one right. And they should beat this drum and call them state TV. And I'm fit to be called news. Now today, I heard Trump say, Michael Cohen, his lawyer, told him personally he wanted a pardon. <laughs> Michael Cohen swore under oath that that wasn't the case. Now, bring Donald Trump on to swear under oath. It's not going to happen. This man should be indicted. And I'll continue to say they're going to get him on the RICO. On the RICO Act. Google it. Because explaining it to you may confuse you. But the RICO Act is where his fate lies. That's why he's moving on the Southern District of New York. He's taken out the head of the prosecutors at the Southern District of New York. So he can install his own to feed him the information about the investigation. He may very well get away with all of this, with the evidence so obvious. It's so obvious. But yet, the money laundering, the bank fraud, the campaign donation violations, even though his signature on six or seven checks while he was in office. I don't know, but where this country is going is not in a good place. Where this country will end up is not in a good place. The Democrats are too easily swayed with what about ism. So what about what about this? Uh, Bernie Sanders, he don't want reparations. Well, reparations has been in the news, and I would hope that. Um, It could happen. And you hear the Republicans come out. What is reparations? What kind of, what kind of, how would you pay for it? That's their big deal. How would you pay for it? How would you pay for it? And I told, and I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. The stimulus package was $800 million, and it pulled us back from going over the cliff in 2008, or is it 2009? $800 million, and the economy began to grow. Now, in 2017, Inject 1.9 trillion, almost three times as much as the stimulus package. 
That's what the tax cut was. But it was a trickle down because all of the wealth and all of the money went to the top. And what you're witnessing are the crumbs that are left for the middle class. Last month, we only created 20,000 jobs. And now they're yelling, oh, just wait, the following month is going to be better. Of course it is. You have to be better than 20,000 jobs. You have to be. You can't believe that 20,000 jobs is a plus. Although they say unemployment is down at 3.8%, but the success of the economy is due to the $1.9 trillion money infusion. And the ever-enriching policy given to those who are already rich, the corporate greed. And that's where we are. A thriving economy, a growing economy, because he was able to inject $1.9 trillion into the economy from the top down. And now you see hundreds of established retail outlets going out of business and taking hundreds of thousands of jobs with them, be it Sears, Victoria's Secret, J.C. Penney's, just to name a few. There are so many closings that we're able to witness. How is this good? Our trading deficit grew big time. Another one of those promises that he hasn't kept. They, the feigned indignation that the Republicans jump on. They jump on everything. Everything is a conspiracy theory that they whip up. Everything is a story that they whip up. But don't believe it. 646-595-4309. It's the number where I can be reached if you're listening, <laughs> I don't um, really understand most of the most of the way people listen. There's a cultural divide, <laughs> and uh, just so you know, just so you understand, 
I'm going to pray the cultural divide for you. Okay? Here's your cultural divide. And finally, new rule if Bugsy Siegel could invent Las Vegas out of a desert stopover for GIs, Amazon can turn Nebraska into the next Silicon Valley. As, uh, as I'm sure you know by now, Amazon has scrapped its plans to build a giant headquarters in New York because the city balked at giving the richest company in the world a $3 billion tax bribe. So Amazon took their ball and went home, which I guess explains this teacher. <laughs> but herein lies a chance for Amazon to show the world that a tech company can actually do good. We have a problem in America called spatial geographic inequality, which means that the most affluent and educated people are clustered in just a few cities. Last year, Hillary Clinton said, I won the places that represent two-thirds of America's gross domestic product. I won the places that are optimistic, diverse, dynamic, moving forward. Yes, you did. And maybe that has something to do with why Trump voters are obsessed with owning the libs, because the libs own everything else. The blue parts of America are having a big prosperity party, while that big sea of red feels like their invitation got lost in the mail. And they still use the mail. They turn on the TV, and all the shows take place in a few hip cities. There's no real housewives of Toledo or <laughs> CSI Lubbock. <laughs> there are no red carpets in Wyoming, and no one ever asks you, who are you wearing? Because the answer is always Target. <laughs> there are. Two Americas, and it seems like one is where all the cool jobs are, where people drive Teslas and eat artisanal ice cream. We have orchestras and theater districts and world-class shopping. We have Chef Wolfgang Puck. They have Chef Boyardee. Yeah. Our roofs have solar panels. Theirs have last year's Christmas lights. We've got legal bud. They've got bud. We have anal bleaching. They have Congressman Steve King. The flyover states have become the passover states. That's why red state voters are so pissed off. They don't hate us. They want to be us. They want to go to the party. It's like we're the British royal family, and they're making our dad. Now, how do I know this? Because 238 cities and regions submitted proposals to Amazon for the company to locate in their area, all desperate for jobs that don't involve guarding prisoners or murdering chickens. And Amazon picked two places that didn't need them at all, places where prosperity already was. Bezos, you're worth $130 billion. Take one for the team. Stop playing cities off against one another and help a dying one come back to life. Now, I, I, I know this sounds like a pipe dream, and it's true. I was smoking a pipe when I dreamed it. But... <laughs> 
But if liberals are serious about winning elections, they have to start recolonizing the parts of the country they've abandoned. Mississippi is the poorest state in the country. Amazon could buy the whole state and rename it Amazippi. <laughs> If we keep leaving the red states behind, they're going to keep getting angrier and crazier. Because if you're not invited to the party, the next best thing is to throw a turd in the punch bowl. As opposed to what happens when Amazon moves to West Virginia. People get better jobs that don't give them black lung. The locals meet people of different races and backgrounds and sexual orientations, some of whom kill them. Gays don't ruin anyone's marriage, but they do improve the karaoke scene. <laughs> a yoga studio opens up, then an art gallery, a, a gym that admits women. <laughs> then one of those trendy bars where inside looks like the outside. Asians come and open a Chinese restaurant, and then Jews come because there's a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> And before you know it, there's legal weed and decent health care, and the schools are teaching science again. All right. That's our show. I'll be at the Sanger. <laughs> I've always said it takes a comedian to hit the nail on the head. And this is the problem. None of the politicians will approach it in that way because they fear they fear pushback. And that's the one thing about Trump. He fears, he doesn't fear your pushback. He don't care. Do you hear me? He care about your pushback. He doesn't care about how you feel. And that's how he governs. Governs with a don't give a damn. And he don't give a damn. 646 595 is the number. Give me a call. And the, one of the best cases for single payer was made on Fox. And I, didn't, I don't watch Fox, but I came across it as a story on the raw story. And uh, I'm sorry I didn't pull the uh, audio from it so I could play it for you. I don't think I got it. The the single-payer argument made by uh, this gentleman left them speechless because for what he was saying, he was absolutely right. What he, From what he was saying, there is a strong... Uh, I'll call it a strong yearning for a better health care system. Because right now, the health care system we have is simply not going to cut it. If we pay far more than any other industrialized country, and we have the worst results. We rank something like 13th or in that range, 13th in industrialized countries for health care. 
and the lies from the other side are too easy because people will believe it because they repeat it enough. And they say it over and over and over again. And if you can repeat the lie over again, it will become the truth. Arkansas is trying to implement, or they're going to implement, because they control the state houses, a new stand-your-ground law where instead of calling it stand-your-ground, they should be saying calling it the shoot-blacks-down law because you will get away with it, just like Florida has done. There's no justice And I've always said, how long will it take for black America to become radicalized? How long will it take for white police officers to shoot unarmed black men in the streets and get away with it? How long? And when will it end? The House Democrats have passed a few bills, even though they're doing their investigations, even though Republicans, and they launched, what, 81 requests for documents, and of course, the the White House is geared up to fight them all the way. First, the Democrats wouldn't capitulate to their threats. You have to be careful not to overreach. The Democrats have to do something other than uh, investigate Trump. No, they don't. They can pass legislation and investigate this, this criminal. Period. And that's what they're doing. They pass gun legislation, which Mitch McConnell will never bring to the floor. Because Mitch McConnell says, I make the decisions. Forget about the American people. Forget about the will of the American people. As you've heard them say multiple times, the Democrats are ignoring the will of the American people as they have ignored the will of the American people. Oh, you have to beware You have to be very aware of the far left, of the the Democrats. They, you know what, what Democrats fail to do is keep their foot on the gas with the truth. Keep the truth on their necks. And all they can do is say, uh-uh, when the polls are saying, yes, uh-uh, 646-595-4309. If you disagree with this, tell me who's on the far left. So crazy is is when I hear people, uh, you know, the uh, Particularly in the morning shows on MSNBC, you know, Stephanie Rule and these other folks talking about, uh, you know, the far left. You got to worry about the far left. The Democratic Party, you know, if they if the far left takes over, there's going to be a big problem. Look at the polls. 
All right, this is a poll that was conducted uh, in 2016 by GBA Strategies on behalf of the Progressive Change Institute. It's a serious, solid poll by a reputable polling company. These are positions that Stephanie Rule and, and many of the others on the on, on MSNBC and and I I have great admiration for her as a reporter and as a uh, as a you know a former uh, financial person. I mean you know she's she's great, but she's wrong on this. You know talking about the the far left in the Democratic Party. These are your far left positions and how much support they have in the United States, which would indicate that they're actually centrist positions, not far left positions. Do you want to allow the government to negotiate drug prices? Seventy nine percent of Americans say yes. Should students get the same low interest rates as big banks? In other words, student loans at one percent or two percent instead of seven or nine percent. Seventy eight percent of Americans say yes. Should we have universal free pre-kindergarten? Seventy seven percent of Americans say yes. Should we have fair trade that protects workers, the environment and jobs rather than the so-called free trade? Seventy five percent of Americans say yes. This is of all parties. Right. Should we end tax loopholes that, that for corporations that ship jobs overseas? By the way, those loopholes were just expanded with the Republican tax scam. Should we end those loopholes? 74% of Americans say yes. Should we end gerrymandering? 73% of Americans say yes. Should we allow Medicare for all? Single-payer health care in the United States. Now, again, you know, the morning shows on MSNBC would characterize that as an extreme left position. 71% of Americans say yes. By the way, every other developed country in the world has already done this. It's not rocket science. Should we disclose corporate spending on politics and lobbying? Transparency. 71% of Americans say yes. Should the NSA be required to get warrants before they spy on us? 71% say yes. Should we spend $400 billion a year, a modest sum, on infrastructure projects? Right? I mean, this is, this is Bernie Sanders. 71% of Americans say yes. Should we have debt-free college at all public universities? 71% of Americans say yes. S Stephanie and others, this is not the far left. This is the center of America. Should we expand Social Security benefits? 70% of Americans say yes. Should we have a full employment act? Should the government be the employer of last resort, as Franklin Roosevelt was the last president to do with the WPA and the CCC when, when capitalism fails, like it did in 2008, and hundreds of the millions of people are thrown out of work, 700,000 people a month for month after month for a year? Should the government step in and say, if you can't find a job, we will create a job for you? 70% of Americans say yes. Should we retrain coal miners and oil workers for clean energy jobs? In other words, should we be promoting clean energy, wind, so 70% of Americans say yes. Should we end tax deductions for fines that Wall Street bankers pay when they rip us off? Did you know that, that they can deduct that, the fines that they pay? 70% of Americans say yes, of course. This is just common sense. These are all, you know, should, the, should we have transparency in trade negotiations? 66% of Americans say yes. Should tipped workers get the full uh, full minimum wage? 64% of Americans say yes. Should we eliminate the Electoral College? 65% of Americans say yes. Should community college be free nationwide? 63% of Americans say yes. Should all corporate political spending be required to be approved by shareholders? 66% of Americans say yes. Should you require a special prosecutor in every case that a police officer kills someone? 61% of Americans say yes.
Should we guarantee net neutrality? Now, keep in mind, this was two years ago this study was done. The support for net neutrality has gone up since then, because back then, most people didn't even know what it was. 61% of Americans say, yes, guarantee net neutrality. These are not far-left positions. This is the center of America. Now, somebody explain to me who is the far left? Just, just, just tell me who is the far left? Because I'm confused. What <laughs> politician is far left? Is it Medicare for All, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders? Most of the Democrats, you know, they talk about the radicalization of the New Green Deal. But let's face it, how much better would this country be with the millions of jobs that would be created by going renewable rather than sticking with the fossil fuel. And their argument is we're trying to take away their airplanes. We're trying to take away their cows. We're trying to take away hamburgers, which are such nonsense. But they say it over and over and over and over and over, and the media carries it and picks it up. And instead of Democrats going out and asking the people in the media, why are you carrying this bullshit? And that because that's that's exactly what it is, bullshit. And Democrats should not be the wholly owned subsidiary of right wing talking points. They have a narrative and Democrats always feed into their narrative. The Democrats have a narrative, but nobody ever says it. Nobody ever speaks on it. Progressives, progressives. It's not a pejorative, although it's been made a pejorative. Black people. Blacks are not a pejorative, although they've been made a pejorative. Black people. Black is not bad. Black seems to represent the things that we want to disseminate. And we should do it over and over and over. We should do it until we can't do it anymore. We should say it until they get tired of it. Black ass. That was the clip I'm I'm searching for. But um, as always, um, doesn't seem to be here. I've got the treason whisperer. I've got everybody. 
I don't know what this is. It's still processing. But um, that's where that's that's what it is. These are things that progressives are for. These are things that the Republicans were against. Progressives were for strengthening civil rights. Republicans were against. Progressives were for creating jobs with renewable energy. Republicans are against it. Progressives are for improved access for education. Republicans are against it. Progressives are for reduce our dependency on foreign oil. Republicans are against it. Everything that Democrats or progressives are for and things that have moved us forward, and history shows it has moved us forward, Republicans are against. In poverty and license inequality for women's rights, fix our broken immigration system. Make health insurance work for everyone. Support the needs of veterans. Support the needs of first responders. All of these things, and there's the problem. We don't seem to have a... Have a... um, A solid idolatry to what we believe. We always jump in the battlefield that the Republicans choose to fight on. They've told us, oh, you can't do that. It'll it'll destroy the country. They've been telling us that if you let the slaves go and destroy the country over and over and over again. This is what you hear. This is all you hear is the Republican narrative. You want to talk about national emergencies? (laughs) One in five Americans can't afford to fulfill, to fill a prescription. 40% can't cover an emergency. $400 expense. We have 11 years to avoid climate catastrophe. 75% of prisoners in local jails haven't been convicted of a crime. It's been over four years, and the residents of Flint still don't have clean water. So just, 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 just come on. Let that sink in. Let that sink in because there's coming, the time is coming. Job creations per 
year in office as president. Republicans Bush Senior, 625,000 jobs. H.W. Bush created in four years, four years. Clinton followed him, and in eight years he created 2.9 million jobs, almost 3 million jobs in four years. Then came W. Bush. He created 375,000 jobs in eight years. In eight years. Then came Obama. In eight years, he created 2.4 million jobs in eight years. And yet, and yet, they yell and they scream, oh, you can't give them power. Republicans and Democrats, there's a huge discrepancy. In the last 50 years, in the last 50 years, 28 of those years, Republicans, 22 of those years, Democrats held the president. So with six fewer years, Republicans created 24 million jobs. Democrats created 42 million jobs in 22 years. Republicans in 28 years. In 28 years, Republican stock market return was 109% in 28 years. In 22 years in office, Democrats' stock market return was 992%. In 28 years, Republicans... The stock market returns annualized Republicans 2.7%. The stock market return for Republicans for 28 years averaged 2.7%. For the 22 years of Democratic rule, it averaged 11%. The gross domestic product, the GDP, that you hear them all scream about. In 28 years, the Republican GDP was 2.7. In 22 years, the Democratic GDP was 4.1. Income growth. In 28 years, the Republican income growth was 0.6%. In 22 years, the Democratic Income growth was 2.2% at every turn and in every situation. Democratic rule has been far greater, has been far better than Republican rule. And people ask me, why do you vote Democratic? Easy. It's real easy. 
It's real easy. People who are asking the questions, they just don't get it. They just can't get their heads around productivity. The level of productivity between a Democratic rule and Republican rule. And if you want to take it further, take it further. Listen to Google theory, the two Santa Claus theory. Take it further. It's not so much that Democrats are better or that much better, but Republicans are that much worse. I'm not totally enamored or happy, completely happy with the way Democrats rule because there are too many of them that are forfeited. They rule for the corporations. Wall Street. They're not governing for the people. And that's my only point. It's not so much I'm a Democratic lover. It's that the numbers show a better result under a Democratic rule. And the Thing about the numbers I just ran off to you. The source. One source was a very right wing leaning Bloomberg report, political, and U.S. Department of Labor. That's the origin of those particular reports. The job creation of the last four presidents was offered up by Occupied Democracy. And I have no reason to question these sources because uh, basically I've lived these sources. I've basically been alive as this has transpired. So it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. And let me say this. 646-595-4309. Please, give me a call if you got something to say. Because you can be better heard. You can be better heard. You can't just hide behind your keyboard. I welcome your difference of opinions, but give me a call. We can chop this up. We can't have different facts. Period. 
A fact is a fact. We leave the speculation for the fools. And and what is that? Uh, what is that thing? Uh, rumors are started by this or that. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. As you troll for perfection, you will find that there is no perfection. There's only limited, limited results. There's only limited. Consequence You can't have it both ways Remember Black is not a pejorative Someone asked Or said You so black I want you to listen to this. I meant to uh, download that particular book, but uh, I didn't see it. (laughs) So I had to play it through my computer. So I apologize for the level of volume and the 
possible uh, clutter in the background, but that's one of the that's one of the poems or speeches, if you will, that this young lady was uh, disseminating, and uh, she did a very very fine job of it. <laughs> a very fine job, I might add. Black is not a pejorative. Liberal is not a pejorative. It's the real raw. And right now of the I Declare show, I'm hosting, my name is Alpha India has got the night off. (laughs) You know, every time I host, there's a different reason India is not here. And um, I give you that reason, even though it's not truthful. I give it to you anyway. Just so that uh, she will be back. She will be back. And um, you'll get back into the Real Ron, right now, the Ivy Fresh. Oh, where did he go? Had a guy in the chat room. His chat name was Be Wise as Serpents. I know. I'm, don't ask me why, but he had some. Uh, he's not with Democrats, and he's not with Republicans, and I'm not mad at him. I said, fine. You don't have to be either one. You don't have to meander down that road with either one. But it's that very notion. It's that very mindset that has given us Donald Trump. Don't forget. Don't forget. Donald Trump won three states by 77,000 votes. 77,000 votes has given us this epic, epic nightmare of a Donald Trump because of a purity test on Hillary Clinton. No, she wasn't my first choice. She was simply a better choice. She was a better choice than the, uh, uh, how do I call it? She was a better choice than the clown, than the orange clown. Yeah, I can call him that because that's what he is. He's a clown, unfit for office. And hey, many say, well, so was Hillary. But I didn't just vote for Hillary Clinton. I would have preferred a Bernie Sanders. Even though Bernie doesn't want to give reparations, but who in America has? Because no one has. I didn't vote for Clinton. I voted for Environmental Protection Agency. The Clean Air Act. 
the Clean Water Act. I voted for Social Security, not trying to take it away, but to strengthen it. I voted for Medicare. I voted for Medicaid. I voted for the Voting Rights Act. I voted for food stamps. I voted for minimum wage. I voted for union rights. I voted for the Affordable Care Act. Even though it needs a great deal of improving, it's better than what we had. I voted for Roe v. Wade and women having their choice. Am I for abortions? No. But I'm not for taking that choice away from a woman. It's their choice. And if you are so anti-abortion, don't have one. Don't have one. But don't try to impose your religious beliefs, your Christian Sharia on everyone else. This is the wrong country for that. I voted for marriage equality. I voted for the Department of Education, the National and Community Services Act, union activities by federal employees, environmental research at the Department of Energy, I voted for the intercity and high-speed rail grants that would have attacked the fossil fuel carbon monoxide, air polluting. I voted for community development funds. I voted for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, even though they they have a checkered past, a checkered history. I voted for the corporations for public broadcasting, the subsidies. I voted for the National Endowment of for the Arts. I voted for the National Endowment for Humanity, a liberal majority on the Supreme Court for the next 30 years that will overturn Citizens United plus whatever Senator Sanders can get done with a Democratic Senate and a Democratic President and get this if Trump is elected which he was that all of that is gone It's not about Clinton. It's about 80 years of the progressive movement. We're in a danger of losing because we're not looking at the bigger picture. I'll call it political reality. The only reason I call it political reality is that's exactly what it is. It's political reality. It is political reality. So when you get right down to it, 
don't listen to people who are going in the opposite direction. You see, because one thing is for sure, when you are accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. You get that? When you are accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. Six four six five nine five four three zero nine. And if you don't think white privilege exists, congratulations. You're enjoying the benefits of it. You are enjoying the benefits of white privilege. As that saying goes about fools and what they believe, it's um, it's written in a great deal of my readings, and I don't do much of that because you see, I'm on the downslope of life. Sometime this year I'll be 67 And as I get older I realize As I get older I talk to myself Because sometimes I need expert advice Sometimes I roll my eyes Out loud I don't need anger management I need people to stop pissing me off. My people's skills are just fine. It's my tolerance of idiots that needs work. That's right. The biggest lie I tell myself is, I don't need to write that down. I'll remember it. You see, it going on 67, these are the things that most concern me. When I was a child, I thought nap time was punishment. Now it's like a mini vacation. <laughs> and you're speaking, I'm speaking as a person who has 12 grandchildren and 19 great-grandchildren. And uh, when you get around them, you will understand what I mean when you get to the, to my years. The day the world runs out of wine is just too terrible to think about. And I don't drink, but I want you to have all of the wine and the liquid abuse that you can possibly hold. Even duct tape can't fix stupid. But it can muffle the sound. Isn't that great? 
wouldn't it be great if we could put ourselves in a dryer for 10 minutes and come out wrinkle-free, three sizes smaller? That's my favorite. That is my favorite. Not the wrinkle-free part, the three times smaller part. Getting lucky means walking into a room remembering why I am there. <laughs> Those are some of the things, as I get older, I realize. And you can, too. There's <laughs> one thing that you can always count on. And that simply is, you know, dear, karma's a bitch, only if you are. And I say that without hesitation. I say that because it's true. I say that because at every step, what we're dealing with in this country is we're on the precipice. We're at the precipice of a fascist takeover by a well-contrived Russian plot. They've got their Trojan horse in the White House. And he's dismantling our democracy bit by bit. Piece by piece. At every turn. In every way. This is where we are. We do nothing for ourselves anymore. It's all about me, me, me. Nothing is for the common good. Nothing is for the common good. And as we proceed, as we meander upon our lives, and we see the day-to-day unfolding of the drama that is the governing body in this country. This is what Republican rule looks like. Let's get rid of all of the regulations. Americans will pay the price for this. Americans will pay the price for Donald Trump. Well, after he has died and gone. Well, after I have died and gone. My thing is this. There are quite a few Democrats running for president. And let them chop it up. Let them fight it out. I will vote blue no matter who. And for those who say Democrats are no better than Republicans, you may be right. But I say it like this. 
the, the examples and the polls and the stats I read to you have convinced me to vote blue no matter who. And that's where we are. I'm ready to vote blue no matter who. I'm ready to continue this blue wave until we restore the credibility of this country. Because, huh, think about it. It needs some serious restoring. There is simply too much to lose. And I like to play inspirational, motivating clips, clips of motivation. That's what I call them, clips of motivation, because we need to be motivated. We need to be primed. We need to set the table. It needs to be stoked. What we stand for, the hell with their base. As far as I'm concerned, their base is a gathering of toothless idiots who have one thing on their mind, and that's hatred of the other. They have been convinced that somebody's of color or someone who is different from them are coming to take things away from them. You have a political party. This political party is willing, more than willing, to simply do the unthinkable. This political party <laughs> can be, it can be said about them that the only thing that they have going for them is to fool as many fools as they possibly can. The only thing that you have is a party willing to discredit the FBI and cover for a traitor and has no business ruling over the greatest nation in the world. 646-595-4309. For blacks, African-Americans like myself, no, this is far from the perfect utopia for black people. This is more in line with catch as catch can. Do this until you can do better. Continue to try to do better. Don't give it up. Just do better. You can't have it both ways. You really can't. Repeat your 
beliefs over and over and over because that's what it's going to take because they repeat their lies over and over and over and over to keep their faith stirred up to hell with their faith. Remember that. Just remember that. You don't have to be a a scholar of politics. You don't have to do any of that. All you got to do is keep on keeping on. All you have to do is to remember that you are not going to achieve anything sitting at home. You are not going to achieve anything falling out of the fray. Turn into the fight and fight back. Resist. One channel. Like I said, the Democrats are saying they won't debate on Fox News. And I think that's a great step. Fox News has been out of shape trying to offer them fair journalists for the debate the Democratic Party says no. So they're all been out of shape, but that same party or that same network who are trying to offer you the Democratic Party real journalists. I want you to listen to this piece because this is what they're about. This is who they are. So let's not get it twisted. They have been hyperventilating over what we have exposed so far as a hoax, a conspiracy, a fabrication. And that is they created about Donald Trump and Trump-Russia collusion, even though the media knows there's no evidence to prove any of this is true after nearly 18 months. The Russian investigation is the opposite of a hoax. And now, indictments against Russian organizations and persons have been handed up. This is something the media refuses to accept. As constitutional law professor Alan Dershowitz is explaining, oh, this is rough for the media to handle. Collusion is not a crime. While the U.S. Criminal Code does not criminalize colluding per se, it is a crime to conspire with a, form, with a foreign adversary to influence or undermine our election or any other government action. Special counsel prosecutors have gotten indictments against more than 20 Russians, three Russian companies, and several former Trump campaign members, including guilty pleas from a foreign policy advisor and a national security advisor. Comey and his buddies and Strzok to put the fix in to save Hillary's campaign. Then they quickly started spying on the Trump campaign. The FBI did not place a spy in the Trump campaign. That's according to several Republican lawmakers and all of the evidence seen by Fox News. No spy. But the fact that the server in the Trump organization was tapped by the government and another wiretap took place, that's kind of scary. Fox News knows of no evidence of any kind that the now President of the United States was surveilled at any time in any way, full stop. 
and until and unless members of the National Football League gain the respect for the flag in this country and those that have sacrificed, bled, and died fighting under that flag, I'm finished. They're attacking the troops. They're attacking the flag. None of which they're doing. They're not doing any of that. They're upset about racial injustice in the country, and they're upset about the things that the president has said. If you want to believe in waterboarding, all you have to do is watch somebody steal your kid and, get, and you capture the person that was assisting, and then they know where your kid is. Uh, I think most people might resort to waterboarding. Waterboarding is torture and is not permitted under Army Field Manual guidelines. Torture is illegal under international law. The Supreme Court noted in 2004 that the United States has a historical record of regarding waterboarding as a war crime and has prosecuted individuals for such practice in the past. Anybody like us, we're just climate deniers, but it went from literally global cooling in the next ice age to global warming, and now they just have broad climate change. And of course, they even had to, in some instances, we know they manipulated data. Dozens of United States government scientists on climate change. They conclude climate change is real and driven almost exclusively by human activity. Climate change is happening mostly by fuels which emit greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide. This was, even before today, a scientific fact. According to reports, Obama's Justice Department, they utilized at least one informant to spy on multiple Trump campaign officials and associates during the 2016 election. And by the way, the media is lying about it. President Trump has also claimed the Fed spied on his campaign with an informant. The president calls it Spygate. Fox News can confirm it is not. Fox News knows of no evidence to support the president's claim that lawmakers from both parties say using an informant to investigate suspected ties to Russia is not spying. It's part of the normal investigative process. And he's dragging out, by the way, the investigation. He wants to derail many pro-Trump Republicans in the midterms. Unfounded, not based in fact or reason, with no evidence to support them, the president says, back up, the president says that Robert Mueller and his team are meddling in the midterms. There's nothing to support that claim. Without a doubt, this summit was a tremendous success and complete, verifiable, irre irreversible denuclearization of the entire Korean Peninsula is now in the works. Well, America demanded complete, verifiable, and irreversible denuclearization. CVID, complete, verifiable, irreversible denuclearization. There is no guarantee of that. Not even words to that effect. All of this without any concessions from the United States, nothing. But Kim Jong-un, he wanted the photos the seat at the table. He wanted the legitimacy that came with the event, the handshake with America's president. And he wanted those military exercises with the Americans and the South Koreans that happen every year to stop. Kim Jong-un got it all for actually doing nothing. Between 2009 and 2013, the chairman of Uranium One used his family foundation to make millions of dollars in donations to the Clinton Foundation before and after Hillary approved the sale of the company to Putin in Russia. And that's not all. Other Uranium One investors, guess what? They also donated millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation. The accusation is predicated on the charge that Secretary Clinton approved the sale. She did not. 
A committee of nine evaluated the sale. The president approved the sale. The Nuclear Regulatory Commission and others had to offer permits, and none of the uranium was exported for use by the U.S. to Russia. That is Uranium One. Yes, Fox News. That was Sean Hannity with the lies, but it was Shepard Smith clarifying and showing up with the truth. But you can't have it both ways. You can believe the scandal, conspiracy theories of the right-wingers, or you can believe the facts. And yes, they brought another clown out of the dustbins of history. Glenn Beck is back with a plethora of lies and idiotic statements. Next week, Roger Stone has to go back before the judge. I believe it's Jackson. And if she does not revoke his bail and jail him, she's been defeated. Because after the Manaford 47 months, now they've turned their sights on her. There will be tremendous pressure between now and the Manafort day that he's to be sentenced. And I'm not sure which day that is. It may be as long as Thursday. But between now and next Thursday, they'll be all over her. All over her. To give him a very, very, very light sentence and serve it not consecutively, but at the same time. And that's what bothers me more than anything. Even if she gives him the maximum 10 years, he will only serve about 12, not the 14. He's already got nine months in, and you see him show up in the wheelchair. That's pity, baby. Oh, take pity, mercy on me. I'm in a wheelchair. Oh, my God. No. Sentence them to the maximum. Don't let them get away with this. I would hope that the Mueller investigation will produce another indictment for Paul Manafort, Conspiracy Against America, and the violation of the meeting that he attended with Russia trying to lift sanctions. At a, at a particular time, we have to come to understand, and I'm going to close this out with a motivational speaker, Because uh, we need motivation. Everybody needs motivation. Who you with or how you living. This is Dr. Rick. He's a motivational speaker. So come to understand. 
I'm Alphal. I'm in for India. The real raw right now of the I Declare show. Know your value. Know you matter. The wisest person I ever met in my life. A third grade dropout. Wisest and dropout in the same sentence is rather oxymoronic. Like jumbo shrimp. Mm-hmm. Like fun run. Ain't nothing fun about it. Like Microsoft Works. Y'all don't hear me. I used to say like country music, but I've lived in Texas so long. I, I love country music now. I, that, yeah. I hunt. I fish. I have cowboy boots and cowboy. Y'all, I'm a black neck redneck. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? No longer oxymoronic for me to say country music. And it's not oxymoronic for me to say third grade and dropout. That third grade dropout, the wisest person I ever met in my life, who taught me to combine knowledge and wisdom to make an impact, was my father. A simple cook. Wisest man I ever met in my life. Just a simple cook. Left school in the third grade to help out on the family farm, but just because he left school doesn't mean his education stopped. Mark Twain once said, I've never allowed my schooling to get in the way of my education. My father taught himself how to read, taught himself how to write, decided in the midst of Jim Crowism, as America was breathing the last gasp of the Civil War, my father decided he was going to stand and be a man. Not a black man, not a brown man, not a white man, but a man. He literally challenged himself to be the best that he could all the days of his life. I have four degrees. My brother is a judge. We're not the smartest ones in our family. It's a third grade dropout daddy. Uh, a third grade dropout daddy who was quoting Michelangelo, saying to us, boys, I won't have a problem if you aim high and miss, but I'm going to have a real issue if you aim low and hit. Uh, a country mother quoting Henry Ford, saying if you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. I learned that from a third grade drop. Simple lessons. Lessons like these. Son, you'd rather be an hour early than a minute late. We never knew what time it was at my house because the clocks were always ahead. My mother said for nearly 30 years, my father left the house at 3.45 in the morning. One day she asked him, why, Daddy? He said, maybe one of my boys will catch me in the act of excellence. I want to share a few things with you. Aristotle said, you are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act. Don't ever forget that. I know you're tough, but always remember to be kind. Always. Don't ever forget that. Never embarrass mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. If daddy ain't happy, don't nobody care. But, you know, I'm tell you. Next lesson. Lesson from a cook over there in the galley. Son, make sure your servant's towel is bigger than your ego. Ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Y'all might have a relative in mind you want to send that to. Let me say it again. Ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Pride is the burden of a foolish person. John Wooden coached basketball at UCLA for a living. But his calling was to impact people. And with all those national championships, guess what he was found doing in the middle of the week? Going into the cupboard, grabbing a broom, and sweeping his own gym floor. You want to make an impact? Find your broom. Every day of your life, you find your broom. You grow your influence that way. 
That way you're attracting people so that you can impact them. Final lesson. Son, if you're going to do a job, do it right. I've always been told how average I can be. Always been criticized about being average. But I want to tell you something. I stand here before you, before all of these people, not listening to those words, but telling myself every single day to shoot for the stars, to be the best that I can be. Good enough isn't good enough if it can be better. And better isn't good enough if it can be best. Let me close with a very personal story that I think will bring all this into focus. Wisdom will come to you in the unlikeliest of sources, a lot of times through failure. When you hit rock bottom, remember this. While you're struggling, rock bottom can also be a great foundation on which to build and on which to grow. I'm not worried that you'll be successful. I'm worried that you won't fail from time to time. person that gets up off the canvas and keeps growing, that's the person that will continue to grow their influence. Back in the 70s, to help me make this point, let me introduce you to someone. I met the finest woman I'd ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Back in my day, we'd have called her a brick house. This woman was the finest woman I'd ever seen in my life. There's just one little problem. Back then, ladies didn't like big old linemen. The blind side hadn't come out yet. <laughs> they, they like quarterbacks and running backs. We're at this dance, and I find out her name is Trina Williams from Lompoc, California. And, and we were all dancing, and we're, we're just, just excited. And I decide in the middle of dancing with her that I would ask her for her phone number. She, Trina was the first one... Trina was the only woman in college who gave me her real telephone number. <laughs> the next day, we walked to Basket and Robin's ice cream parlor. My friends couldn't believe it. This has been 40 years ago, and my friends still can't believe it. We go on a second date, and a third date, and a fourth date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we drive from Chico to Vallejo so that she could meet my parents. My father meets her. My daddy. My hero, he meets her, pulls me to the side and says, is she psycho? But anyway, <laughs> we go together for a year, two years, three years, four years. By now, Trina's a senior in college. I'm still a freshman, but I'm working some things out. <laughs> I'm so glad I graduated in four terms. Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan. <laughs> so now it's, it's, it's time to propose. So I talk to her girlfriends and... California, it's in the 70s, so it has to be outside, you have to have a candle, and you have to have, you know, some chocolate. Listen, I'm from the hood. I had a bottle of Boone's Farm wine. That's what I had. She said yes. That was the key. I married the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life. Y'all ever been to a wedding, and even before the wedding starts, you hear this. How in the world? And it was coming from my side of the family. We get married, we have a few children, our lives are great. One day, Trina finds a lump in her left breast. Breast cancer. Six years after that diagnosis, me and my two little boys walked up to mommy's casket. And for two years, my heart didn't beat. If it wasn't for my faith in God, I, I wouldn't be standing here today. If it wasn't for those two little boys, there would have been no reason for which to go on. 
I was completely lost. That was rock bottom. You know what sustained me? The wisdom of a third grade dropout. The wisdom of a simple cook. We're at the casket. I'd never seen my dad cry. But this time I saw my dad cry. That was his daughter. Trina was his daughter, not his daughter-in-law. And I'm right behind my father about to see her for the last time on this earth. And my father shared three words with me that changed my life right there at the casket. It would be the last lesson he would ever teach me. He said, son, just stand. You keep standing. You keep standing. No matter how rough the sea, you keep standing. And I'm not talking about just water. You keep standing. No matter what you don't give up. And as clearly as I'm talking to you today, these were some of her last words to me. She looked me in the eye and she said, it doesn't matter to me any longer how long I live. What matters to me most is how I live. I ask y'all one question, a question that I was asked all my life by a third grade dropout. How you living? How you living? Every day ask yourself that question, how you living? Here's, here's what a cook would suggest you to live this way, that you would not judge, that you would show up early, that you'd be kind, that you'd make sure that that servant's town is huge and used, that if you're going to do something, you do it the right way. That, that, that cook would tell you this, that it's never wrong to do the right thing, that how you do anything is how you do everything. And in that way, you will grow your influence to make an impact. In that way, you will honor all those who have gone before you, who have invested in you. Look in those unlikeliest places for wisdom. Enhance your life every day by seeking that wisdom and asking yourself every night, how am I living? May God richly bless y'all. Thank you for having me. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.